welcome. This is KB Talks powered by the NKBA, the only podcast dedicated to sharing the latest kitchen and bath industry insights to help grow and support your business. I'm Jennifer Bertrand, your KB Talks host. Luxury design is many things to many people. Lavish, trendy, comfortable, but unattainable? It doesn't have to be. Our conversation today is about rethinking the approach to luxury design and how this looks for clients with varying budgets, locales, and styles. Who better to address this topic than Richard Anaskevich, whose personal brand, Richer Living, thrives on luxury design and style. Not only that, Richard's career includes many years in kitchen and bath design, involvement in the NKBA, including the NKBA 30 Under 30 program, and a new venture as lead designer of Design Galleria Kitchen and Bath Studio in Nashville. Today, he's here to open our minds to the approach and business of luxury design. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Monogram is more than luxury appliances. Monogram is the experience. We are inspired by life and the way you live. With high style, superior craftsmanship, and award-winning technology, our products raise the bar on what's possible in your kitchen designs. Our industry-leading induction cooktops, connected ovens, custom panel refrigerators, Advantium speed cooking ovens, and premium dishwashers blend seamlessly into your dream kitchen projects. Whether for yourself or your clients, Monogram helps you push the boundaries of gourmet style and create a kitchen fit for a chef. All right, we are ready to dive in. Richard, thank you for being here. I'm really proud of myself for announcing your name right. I look forward to your insight because you've had some really big changes in your life recently. So why don't you start by telling us all about it? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Jen. Uh, It's awesome to be here today. And uh, you know, my last name, to your point, it's a bit of a tongue twister, it always trips people up, but all you have to remember is A to Z, because it starts with an A and ends with a Z, and it's way too long for anyone to ever remember or say, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I certainly have always had a true passion for design in general, and uh, that was always just a part of me ever since I was young. You know, I was the kid that was like in fifth, sixth grade getting Architectural Digest and, you know, this magazine subscription. So naturally, when I was uh, starting, you know, wanting to pursue a formal education, uh, I, it was a natural thing for me to want to be exploring design. And so I attended Virginia Tech, uh, which I was super lucky that it was just happened to be an NKBA accredited design program. And that's truly how I actually got connected to the NKBA as a, as a student. And, you know, I'll always be grateful for that because it just really opened my eyes to the industry at an early age and something that um, I just got immediately really fascinated with. And so I attended my first KBiz, it was 2008 Chicago. I was a sophomore in college, and that was always a aha moment for me in my career, where it just really solidified a lot of the things that I wanted to do in the future. And Did you know you wanted to do luxury design when you were a sophomore in college? I definitely, ever since I was young, I just think, as you can certainly appreciate being a designer, that 
you know, nice materials and details have always just influenced me. You know, as I mentioned, I was getting the Architectural Digest when I was young. I was also getting actually like car magazines as well, just because I was fascinated with design in general. And so naturally, luxury materials or luxury brands always kind of fascinated me. And so there's no question that I was, that's just where my mindset naturally was or you know I, I developed that through the years certainly I do think that you take that mindset of how they do interior luxury car details to like your inside of your cabinet drawers totally so everyone if you're familiar with my work you would notice that it's typical that I paint my cabinet interiors red and that's really you know the bigger idea there is challenging the expectation and that's what luxury design is um, so all too often you open up a cabinet and the expectation is a birch or maple interior so that really blonde uh, looking interior but you know when you open up one of my cabinets and see that bright proper wet red it creates a new expectation and a wow factor. And that's really what luxury design is all about, is challenging those ideas. And so whether, you know, I, I think that's, again, important for designers to think about is how do you challenge those expectations? Well, and that comes down to also like defining your brand and your aesthetic because now they kind of know it as a Richard Red interior. But when did you kind of start forming your design brand and like, how did you even kind of start doing that from going to college to working for firms, like finding your own identity in that journey and creating it? So I think, you know, it was a bit organic for me, just in the sense that, again, design has always been a part of me. So along the way, um, I just was kind of educating myself. Uh, and I was, I'm also very influenced by fashion design. So there's a lot of luxury fashion houses that, mm -hmm. you know, Who? Who do you love? Um, certain, I think, uh, kind of number one, Tom Ford, I think is just an amazing, um, artist who I really, uh, appreciate his aesthetic. Cause I think he's, um, very smart with branding and, you know, certainly is truly an, an artist in the sense that he not only of course does the fashion side, but even in the sense of his, movies and artistic, uh, you know, aesthetic and imagery, I think he's just really smart with the way um, that he approaches all of that work. So he's certainly someone that I really look up to. And I've always said if um, anyone could ever refer to me as the Tom Ford of kitchens, that would be like, I, I feel like I made it or something, you know, because uh, <laughs> that certainly would be a huge, um, you know, beyond a compliment. Because I, I actually watched a single man last night and I looked at the interiors of each space and I watched the movie only to see his interiors and the fashion of it and everything. But my fave was always Alexander McQueen. I went to that show at the Met and it was amazing. McQueen. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, such a brilliant talent. And there's so many different ways to um, get inspiration. You know, um, in 2013, I was more than honored to be a part of the inaugural 30 Under 30 program. And um, that program, again, it was, it, I just will always be grateful for because it really helped take my career to the next level. And from that program, I started developing my own continued education courses. And the first course that I ever developed, developed was called Fashion Forward Thinking. And face value, it was really this convergence of luxury design to luxury fashion and how those worlds collide. 
having said that, really the deeper message there was just really finding inspiration in the world around you. And again, that's so imperative to true luxury design is that you have to be able to tell a story. You have to find inspiration in things. And, you know, people don't realize that the simple color of a flower in nature or the way that a song makes you feel, you know, these are all things that you can be inspired by and need to channel into your design work. So like if you think about the mindset of luxury designers and they start to commit to that mindset, what is it about luxury designers that's different um, versus, you know, when you're doing mass consumer kitchens in a con in a basic concept? So I think to your question, you know, a designer, if you're wanting to approach a more luxury aesthetic or, um, you know, certainly a higher end job, there's definitely just a certain benchmark that you always have to be mindful of. And of course, um, that consumer is has a lot more of a discerning eye. So you certainly have to be educated on um, the breadth of materials and offerings. So um, I would highly recommend if, you know, again, someone's trying to get into that market that you're definitely doing your homework. And that's really just trying to, again, educate yourself on resources out there. Um, so what are some of those resources? I think for me, like one of the biggest things I could say is how I just started attending events and most notably trade shows and things to educate myself on different brands. I mean, right now with the power of the internet, um, you know, there's so many different things between either social media or ultimately just search engines of ways that you can, um, you know, find different resources. But I know for me firsthand, it was definitely attending trade shows and just starting to educate myself on and getting out there on different brands. And ultimately, I think early on too in my career, um, trying to just look to different, as we mentioned, you know, the fashion houses or the vehicle designs and, no, and being mindful of the materials that they were using um, because, you know, those are, obviously those are marks of luxury and that's certainly how you know you have to be mindful of those materials or those details and ultimately in order to practice it um so well, you went to salone didn't you this past year totally yeah so uh i actually for those that are unfamiliar um salone is the furniture fair in milan italy and it takes place every year in the spring uh, in the month of April. Having said that, there's a kitchen segment called Eurocachina, which takes place every other year. And so the last Eurocachina was 2018, and the next one will be 2020. So I've gone the last several Eurocachinas, and there's no question that that show was insanely inspirational um, because it's huge. And one of the biggest things that I really appreciate about that show. Um, being a designer is the fact that in order to showcase at that show, you actually have to, your booth has to be a full uh, concept. So real floor, real walls, you know, a, a real full kitchen. It's a kitchen show where you have to showcase kitchens. So even if you're an appliance brand, I mean, you have to give this full visual package. So as a designer, there's so much eye candy uh, all through that show, but there's no question that um, I feel like that show is 
um, is you know certainly a forefront leader in the sense of inspiration and design because you can always there's just so much to see and it's a much more global perspective. Well, and I always, for anyone listening, if you're not able to go, Richard went as part of the NKBA Insiders. And the fun part is when you follow the Insiders, it's like you get to go and you get to watch it through different people's eyes. So, you know, I find some furniture brands or lighting brands through following those people when I'm not able to attend. So I'm like, noted, thanks for sharing, screenshot, and all of that good stuff. And it's an easy way to adventure in the world and do it from the comfort of your phone. Totally. And I think to your point, you know, that's the power of social media today. And that's even, that's evolved so much even from when I started in this industry to now. I mean, um, it's, there are, you know, people out there going to those events to your point and are reporting on it so it's like find those key people that you kind of look up to or are inspired by and realize that you know they're probably pushing out sources and um, that's a great way to gain that content and then networking at places like kbiz is really great because i always think our industry for a long time used to be a tight-knit industry and and we've I feel like people are more welcoming and networking is so important now because we're all high-fiving each other. Totally. I, you know, I think you and I have oh, been very lucky. I still remember when the first time we ever met years ago, <laughs> judging um, the student design competition for NKBA. It was that small house competition. And uh, I just, you know, to that point, it's like all of those different um, events or um, networking show, you know, those trade shows are always a great way to network. And I think where the mindset has changed in general due to just the fact that we're also connected on, and again, social media has a big influence on this, is we're all, I think, cheerleaders to one another and really do support each other because um, there's, I think there's a bit of an older mindset where you have to be so protective of ideas and, um, you know, design um, intellectual property, which don't get me wrong, there's still a facet of that. Having said that, our world today is just a lot more um, about sharing. And I think that's a powerful thing. And, you know, I'm not naive to the reality is that there's been a lot of people that have supported me through the years. I've been really grateful because they've helped helped my career go to the next level. So if I can personally help someone else, then I just feel like that's what life's about, right? It's, you know, really trying to um, truly better the industry for the greater good. Um, And, you know, that's always been something very, um, that I've been passionate about. No, that's awesome. And like, let's talk about budgets and luxury design. Like, yes. let, let's get to the nitty gritty. When you start going towards a project, um, how do you pitch it to your clients? Do you always stay in budget? Do you pitch different levels of a, a concept? So, yeah, I love talking about this because I think one of the biggest questions I get from other designers is when they're like, hey, I want to get into more higher level projects. Um, How did this happen for you? You know, some people think it was just like something that happened overnight, and that's really not true. Um, You know, I started out 
at a very middle of the road um, kitchen and bath showroom. And ultimately, I would say two things that I found to benefit me in the sense of being able to heighten my projects. And I can kind of give you an example. My first year in this industry, uh, I got a phone call and it was a person that was like, just called in and said, hey, I need new countertops in my kitchen. So I go to the consultation meeting and we walk into the space and they're like, yep, I just need um, my countertops replaced. I want new stone counters because uh, they had laminate counters, right? And I walk in and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, man, you need more than new counters, you need a new kitchen, right? Like this is really bad. So I just immediately pitched them on this bigger idea. I'm like, you really need a new kitchen. We need to rip out this wall. We need to, you know, open this up. We need to expand this space. And I just, just put it out there, right? And long story short, it ended up being an over $200,000 cabinet contract. So I always like to tell that story because I believe that you have to put things out there. Um, the worst case scenario, someone can say no, and that's okay, because guess what? I can just replace your counters too, if that's ultimately what you need. But there's a lot of consumers out there that they just don't exactly know what they want. So I always stress to people, if you wanna be in luxury design, you can't be an order taker. You can't just literally, you know, if someone calls you for those new counters, you can't take that so literally. You have to, you know, dive deeper into that and think about it. And so I think first off, it's, you know, seeing something bigger. And then to that point, when you have someone that says, hey, I, I think this is my budget, I always, started out showing two concepts where I'd say, okay, hey, here's this plan. This stays within your budget. Having said that, I want to show you this other plan. It's definitely going to be more of a premium, more of an investment, but I really believe this is going to fit your lifestyle. It's going to fit your needs. And I think it's definitely going to improve your home value. You know, those were conversations. So I'd always show two different concepts and 99% of the time, people would buy the bigger idea. And it's really just because they didn't think of it or they you know, didn't understand necessarily when they said they thought their budget was this. They realized that, hey, well, if I'm gonna get these additional benefits with a better plan, then sure, I'm willing to invest more in it. So that's again, I think the bigger message there is just don't sell yourself short and really um, try to maximize the ideas with your, you know, your ultimate creativity and put, um, you know, ideas out there, float them out there, because that's actually how you can increase the budgets on a project. Well, and that's perfect. But when you start talking about budgets and cost of designers and all of that, how do you debug the notion that people can't afford your services? There was a meme on a design uh, forum recently where they were like, you know, don't say I'm too expensive, just say you can't afford me. Um, like, but how do you approach that um, and start finding the right client for you? Because not everyone knows how to find that client for that market. Sure. So I think, you know, that's um, a bit of, unfortunately, 
in the world at times there's preconceived notions or stereotypes and you know those are always things as designers we're going to face or someone face value um, as says those comments like oh well I definitely can't afford your work and I really believe that's a mindset thing you know if that is the belief or frankly there's designers that sell themselves short where they'll say like well that's not my client they would never buy that I'm in my mind I think you're doing yourself such an a, you know injustice and uh, because it's it's really a mindset thing um, all too often I see people default to lesser products or lesser design because they think they just can't afford something and ultimately they haven't done their due diligence to understand if they really can there's a lot more accessible items out there that pack you know great style but ultimately are more cost effective and that you know that's the power of creativity so i really stress to people to n realize that you shouldn't sacrifice style for budget and um, you know, ultimately at times that means that it might be a little bit more legwork for you as a designer. Um, having said that, ultimately those visual increases are going to strengthen your portfolio and that's naturally going to lead to bigger and better projects. Well, and don't you think it's sometimes the easy way out to just do what you're used to doing? And if as a designer you're listening to this, challenge yourself to change one thing up or try something that's outside of the box. Whenever I start a project, I always think what's expected of a space and what can I do different or, or something or what's not on Pinterest, you know. That's totally. I think that, you know, there's a few things there. It's as a designer, you should be constantly challenging yourself. You know, it, again, if you want to get the bigger and better project, you have to have that mindset. And if you don't, then unfortunately, you are going to just stay in that kind of status quo. Um, you, again, educating yourself on different resources, realizing too that I think there's a lot of designers out there that just default and they'll, if you're in kitchen and bath, you just stick with a one cabinet line throughout the whole space and outfit the room. Think about how you can engage with local artists or um, third-party vendors to ultimately heighten, you know, the design aesthetic uh, because those are things that you can still make margins on ultimately that are profitable for your business, but ultimately it's totally increasing the, you know, visual aspect of your space, making it much more dynamic. And those are all things that, again, um, ultimately are going to lead you to bigger and better projects. Exactly. I have a steel guy that I just have worked with the past 15 years, and I love it because we're often dreaming up interesting shelving we can do or creating custom hardware or all kinds of stuff. So mixing the custom with, you know, some of the pre-existing things. Okay, so let's talk about now um, other ways to approach luxury design, like um, composition, tips, like what are some things when you go, okay, if you're going to start doing this or if you're doing it, um, what should they start kind of thinking of? Like, I think I love the idea of like just the basic inside of the drawer because a lot of people aren't doing that. Yeah. So I think, you know, a, in general, a more luxury aesthetic is really being distinctive. So a designer, first and foremost, you know, you kind of touched on that before where you mentioned the Pinterest board. I think there's a, 
a bit of an underlying issue at times in this industry that we don't always talk about. And that's really the fact that there's kind of this carbon copy um, mindset that has been developed at times where, you know, with the resources of a Pinterest or a house, um, people come in, a client comes in with an image, and then ultimately the designer just reproduces that because it's like, well, this is what the client wanted, right? Well, that's certainly not a luxury mindset. And, and, and frankly, it's not even that it's just not a luxury mindset. I just don't think you're, as a designer, you're not helping the community by doing that, right? Because ultimately what that's promoting is people to shop because they could just take that image to five other showrooms and get it quoted, right? If you're not ultimately adding value. So um, luxury design very much also relies on the ultimate, the experience, the idea that the client is judging you not only on the end result as much as the journey that you've taken them on, um, you know, and you can relate to that like, we talked about fashion houses. Think about have you ever gone into a luxury store? You know, they are, it's all about service. So they're offering you some sort of complimentary beverage. And, you know, the way that they even wrap the product in like the most beautiful um, box or paper or whatever it may be, tie it in a bow, right? That same idea can be applied to the, the you know, heightened experience of luxury design where, you know, you have to have your process as well defined as possible. Um, ultimately, in construction, we know that that process isn't always linear, but the more that you can define it, the more successful, you know, that's going to be. And ultimately, what that, when you really dive down deeper into that, that's really about establishing the relationship with the client. And that's imperative across the board, whether you're, you know, in luxury or not, you really have to uh, connect with the client on a um, deeper level in some way and because ultimately what that does is that establishes trust and you know that's something that definitely um, is imperative for the success of a project. Do you think that luxury changes due to geography like east coast west coast middle of the map? I think um, certainly the you know, that aspect can influence the type of materials or styles at times. Um, ultimately, too, I think there's um, what I've found when I've worked more on a national level is there's definitely at times a little bit more of different benchmarks of what people view as quote unquote luxury, right? And that's to an, an end consumer that can be a little bit confusing because there are frankly, there's certain products or brands out there that are just really smart at marketing and they're marketing their products as quote unquote luxury, but it's really not. Um, so uh, that can be a bit hard for someone that doesn't, um, you know, necessarily really understand how that product is manufactured or ultimately, you know, the materials used in it that is truly, you know, making it a luxury benchmark. Uh, but that's ultimately where I stress, you know, the reality of hiring a good designer, because a good designer that you have a relationship will take you through that process. And, you know, they can educate you on those things. Okay, so fun question. To date, what is the most luxurious item you've played with in design? Is it like unicorn tears lacquer? 
I definitely, man, that's a hard question because anyone that knows me knows I'm, I love materials. I'm very tactile. You know, I've just always been that way. Um, so man, the best material, um, I would say, or or most fun to play with. Yeah, I definitely, um, a few things I would say. First off, I would say, you know, the power of design or the coolest thing that I know you can appreciate is the idea that as a designer, you get to, I call it being the chameleon to the client, where you really take their raw energy and ideas and you enhance it in every which way. So meaning you kind of take on their style. Um, mm-hmm. I, in my fashion forward talk, I use it the joke of, have you ever heard that people look like their pet? Like where you see those images of like a person and their dog that yeah. they look the same. I use that same um, philosophy in my designs where a space should reflect that person. And my whole point in saying that is, you know, every person is unique and they have a unique sense of style, a unique personality, and their spaces should, you know, reflect that. So I think that's what's so fun as a designer is you really get to um, play in all these different styles and materials, right? Um, And right now, as you, you know, mentioned in the beginning, I'm actually opening up a new showroom with Design Galleria um, in Nashville. And we're literally in the midst of pulling together all of these beautiful materials to have a beautiful showroom. And it's ranging from, you know, the most traditional kitchen to the most contemporary kitchen, everything in between. And so there's so many um, materials that I love. I mean, right now, um, I'm always, I love exotic veneers. Wood veneers are, I'm a sucker for a good exotic veneer. Um, definitely metalwork of any kind. Um, I use a lot of different metalwork in my designs, and I think that that's always really fun to um, explore. And then I just really love the idea of pushing the boundaries of materials. Like, for example, you know, a cabinet is, we, when you think of a cabinet, you just think of wood of some kind, right? But why is that? Well, how can we challenge that idea? And so, you know, um, anyone that potentially went to KBiz this year, I was really lucky to design, you know, a 4,000 square foot booth there. And one of the things I showed was hide hair on a countertop. And so face value, um, there were people that thought that was the most amazing thing. And then every once in a while, there was that person that was way too literal. And they were like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not going to work, right? But that specific display was actually a all about lifestyle. It wasn't a kitchen. It was showcasing how the fact that you can integrate appliances or cabinetry into other rooms outside of just the kitchen, right? And so it would be way too obvious if I just put a stone counter on that display, right? Because then it would feel way too kitchen-like. And so I wanted to explore this idea of how hide hair, actually, people don't realize it's extremely durable because it is a Ultimately, it's a skin, right, that's actually very wipeable, and it's a durable material, but it just brought this other level of texture and beauty um, to the space. And again, that's really what luxury is about, is to really challenge those ideas and really, you know, take things to the next level. 
and it created conversation, which is great, which is almost like an artist's approach to design. I, anytime I use a hide, and I love animals, but I uh, always tell people, I'm like, uh, the cows are able to be outside all the time and, you know, clean off. Um, yes. But uh, your vignette was beautiful and it won an award and it looked awesome. So congratulations on that. And Richard, your Richard Living brand is only going to continue to grow. And we're all excited to watch you and cheer you on. And I'm just really happy for you. Anything that um, people should follow if they want to follow you on your journey, do a shout out. Yeah, no, I appreciate that very much. So a few quick things. Uh, first off, all of my social media handles, it's at Richard A two Z. So that's Richard A, the number two Z. So certainly my Instagram page is probably the one I'm most active on. And then as I mentioned, um, working with Design Galleria and we're opening up a brand new showroom in Nashville. I could not be more thrilled about that for any of that is unfamiliar with Design Galleria. It's an Atlanta-based company that's been in operation for over 40 years and um, is owned by uh, designer and principal Matthew Quinn. Matthew is someone that I've just always really respected through the years and I've been lucky um, in the last couple of years to uh, you know, develop a friendship with him and I could not be more thrilled to be a part of that team. It's a lot of really talented people uh, behind that. And it's a part of a whole new design center that's opening up called the Nashville Design Collective. Again, you can follow that on Instagram. Um, so between Design Galleria's new showroom uh, opening up here in Nashville and being a part of the new design center, uh, Nashville currently does not have a design center. So this is actually a really big thing for the city. Um, the city here is really booming. Um, it's, there's so much going on here and there's already a really um, wonderful design community, but they just haven't had the resources. Um, so it's really more than exciting to be able to be a part of that story of bringing those resources um, into the city. And a part of that, we're opening up, um, we're opening up mid-October, and that's launching with the House Beautiful Whole Home Project here in Nashville. So um, House Beautiful Magazine started a wellness uh, initiative uh, last year, and they did a whole home wellness home in Atlanta. Now we're doing one this year in Nashville. So also follow along on social media on Instagram, House Beautiful Whole Home Nashville, um, because that's really exciting. That's also launching this fall. And then certainly my richer living uh, personal lifestyle brand. It's really this deeper level of inspiration and this idea of quality over quantity. It's really just the fundamentals of how um, I find uh, I, my beliefs in design. And it's always been a goal of mine to be able to bring resources online for the greater design community. And that's certainly something that over the next several years, you know, I'm excited to be um, starting to offer those things. So uh, it's a lot of different uh, content, if you will, that, uh, you know, we're working on, but I could not be th more thrilled to be a part of it all. And it's truly, I feel really lucky because it's just, a, uh, you know, dreams coming true for me. It's a lot of things that I've thought about for a long time. And, um, you know, I've been just lucky to be a part of this journey.
Richard, thank you so much for being here. You obviously did all the hard work for getting there and um, all of your successes. So super happy for you. I will be on your yacht in Saint-Tropez that you designed one day. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, uh, I thank you. And, you know, I think anyone that is listening here today because uh, I always believe in, you know, the power of the community and being surrounded by people that share the same passions of, as you. So thank you all so much for having me. Uh, I'm certainly, it's an honor. Well, that's it for this week's episode. There will be more from KB Talks powered by the NKBA in the coming weeks. And as always, be sure to send your feedback to NKBA at flyingcamel.com. Stay tuned for a quick NKBA Minute. Hello, my name is Mike Hall. I'm a kitchen and bath designer with the Kitchen Showcase in Denver, Colorado. And I was part of the NKBA 30 Under 30 class of 2013. I think one of the most interesting parts of being a 30 has been watching the community of people grow over the last six years. Uh, after the first year, when we started the Facebook page, it kind of became a way for us to just stay in touch. But since then, as 30 more people get added every year, it's become a very valuable place for all of us to share ideas, share our work, really have conversations and take advantages of everybody's different levels of expertise. Uh, and it gets bigger every year. So... If you are committed to the kitchen and bath industry, you're under 30 and looking to get more involved, I encourage you to check out the NKBA 30 Under 30 program. Visit nkba.org for more info.